My name is Humble Gray, and I am a Mississippi farmer. Now, I'd like to recommend to you a fine film, a very fine film indeed. It's all about a bunch of criminals who get recruited for a super-secret mission, one that's tantamount to suicide. These villains, sporting their own quirks and talents, lend their abilities to an undertaking that will bond them into a tight-knit unit and put them on the side of the angels. You know which motion picture I'm talking about, right? That's correct, ladies and gentlemen. I'm referring to none other than The Dirty Dozen, a classic from 1967 in which Lee Marvin pulls a dozen men from a military prison for a mission into World War II France. And friends, if you ain't seen it, you don't know what you're missing. I mean, it's just great. Yes, sirree. Storytelling at its best. But oh, what's that you say? You, you what? You thought I was referring to another photo play on a similar subject? One that was just recently released? Oh, you must mean that new motion picture, The Suicide Squad. Well, now that you mention it, I did just view that one at my local Bijou, so as long as we're here, I guess I can see my way clear to reviewing it. Yo, let me out! Too late. <laughs> Now, don't get this film confused with a picture from five years ago called Suicide Squad. This one's The Suicide Squad. Get it? The Suicide Squad. And that the in the title is important. More important than you could possibly imagine. Because that designates it as a completely different movie. And if you didn't realize that, you're a dunderhead. Now, far as the relationship twixt the the and no the pictures, it's hard to say if this one's supposed to be a direct sequel or a complete reboot. I mean, if it were a sequel, you'd expect it to be called... Oh, I don't know. Suicide Squad, here we go again. Just a suggestion. On the other hand, the story doesn't spend much time introducing its core concept that arch-villains are recruited from the prison to save the world. So maybe it's expected that the characters already know about it. Well, either way, the supervillains this time out are tasked with destroying Project Starfish. That's some kind of evil project being carried out by the ruling dictatorship on the island of Corto Maltese. Returnees from the first movie include the criminal Captain Boomerang, Mission Commander Rick Flagg, Program Head Amanda Waller, and of course the Joker's ex-flame Harley Quinn. Then there's a whole passel of new miscreants, including Bloodsport, a mercenary marksman, Peacemaker, a murderous zealot, Ratcatcher 2, who controls armies of rats, Polka Dot Man, who can fire deadly discs, and Nanawe, a dim-witted, anthropomorphic, shark-like creature. Now, as I said, director James Gunn doesn't spend much time on introductions in this movie, getting right into the action and letting loose a couple of surprises. That includes one feint plus two double-crosses, and it's only after that that we get to the main characters in the story proper, a story that, being R-rated, doesn't stint on the gore and violence or hold back on the salty language, and I mean words you'd never expect to hear from that other DC comic stalwart, the ever-so-wholesome Man of Steel, a.k.a. Superman. But I guess that's the difference between a gentleman raised on a farm in Kansas and arch-villains whose parents were no doubt are urban liberals. Or so I'd assume. Anyway, the plot veers across the island from a murderously awkward encounter at a freedom fighter's camp to a comically disastrous liaison between Harley Quinn and the island's ruler. The big set piece, though, is the battle against the alien creature hidden in Jotunheim, a stone fortress constructed by escaped Nazis. It's here that yet another double-cross takes place amid a revelation that adds a skeptical note of real politic to the tale, i.e. is the Suicide Squad 1 there to save the world, or 2 on a mission to cover some politicians backside. How am I supposed to know? It's a simple choice, one or two. Let's go number two. Now, there's a lot of promise in a tale like this, but here's where I feel the movie falls short. Oh, for- 
jokes. I mean, besides your potty mouth. See, the linchpin of this story is the sheer fun of seeing bad guys forced to do good and form a team that has each other's backs. But there's a hitch. If we're going to buy their evolution from evil to virtue, we first have to be exposed to that evil. The movie, however, doesn't give us a real taste of their supervillainy. I'm so sorry. Well, see, it's almost as if Mr. Gunn were afraid to make it seem to make them seem too bad and therefore risk losing audience sympathy. Oh, yeah. You mean we're supposed to accept that they're desperate and dangerous simply because you tell us they are? Uh-huh. Uh-uh. Because... Without that bit of character development, what we're left with is your basic sci-fi action movie filled with characters who seem oddball, but not malevolent. Of course, if you've already read the comic books, I guess you've been exposed to their perniciousness. But what do you do if you haven't been exposed to these characters before? I detonate the explosive device in the base of your skull. But then I couldn't review no more movies. Look, I'm just saying, old Farmer Gray never read a comic book in his long, eventful life, so I'm one of the uninitiated and pretty much remained so throughout the course of this picture. Had no real sense of the villainy these characters were capable of. Still, that's not to say that, like the criminals portrayed, the movie doesn't have its good points. I hope so. Sure, for instance, Margot Robbie in her third turn as Harley Quinn continues to bring more than a hint of charming madness to her character. Unmindful of state and federal laws, she nonetheless has her own moral code. When push comes to shove, that leads her to a kind of crazy virtue. And Idris Elba as Bloodsport exudes authority, yes siree, but the thing is, I think it's just too bad that he's not given an opportunity to show us the danger lurking within this killer for hire. However, Viola Davis gets to demonstrate both authority and menace, with Amanda Waller revealing a far more sinister edge than she had in the first Suicide Squad. John Cena provides some of the film's humor as the fanatical peacemaker, while Sylvester Stallone as the voice of Nanawe sounds like Rocky after one too many jabs to the noggin. All in all, it's an okay film that never quite fulfills its dark potential, despite fine action and visual effects. So check it out if you're looking for a popcorn movie that ain't too special. On the other hand, if you want a great Crooks to Commando's picture, see if Dirty Dozen is streaming somewhere. Just can't beat that Lee Marvin, no sir. Next week, I'll be reviewing the film Nine Days, about a celestial place where a fella sits behind a desk and decides which souls get born and which vanish into the ether. And I believe the word you're looking for is what? Play me out, Zeke. (laughs) 